Welcome to the Exec MBA Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Twitty, and you are listening to a new episode. On this episode of the podcast, we continue our ongoing spotlight on extracurricular activities in the Executive MBA program with an interview with three leaders from the Darden Executive Fund, recently connected with Bahara Stapleberg, Alex Ehrensmeyer, and Jonathan Dingle from the Darden Executive Fund, or the DEF, as it is known to our Executive MBA students to talk more about the organization, what they have planned for the coming year, and so much more. I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation. So without further ado, here's my interview with three leaders from the Darden Executive Fund. Bahara, JD, Alex, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having us, Brett. Thanks for having us, Brett. Well, it's great to have you all here. I, I think we're coast to coast on this uh, podcast. Bahara, you're in California. JD, middle of the country, uh, Michigan. And uh, Alex, here with me in the Washington, D.C. metro area. So um, not too bad for us here on the Executive MBA podcast. We don't always have that kind of range, but this is great. This is great. Thank you all for doing this. Um, first of all, how's everything going, Bahara? How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm just, you know, getting ready for the next OGR and um, doing that um, cross-country flight and, um, you know, looking forward to arriving Thursday and, and get just getting ready for, you know, to hit the ground running. Um, you know, these OGRs are pretty intense and um, I try to get everything out of the weekend as I can. So it's, um, I, I'm, I'm excited to be returning to DC again. Yeah, you are at an interesting point in the program. I was looking ahead on my calendar and saw Saturday night under the lights, Roslyn, uh, halfway through the program celebration for the Executive MBA class of 2023. Um, it's a special weekend. Yeah, it is. We're, I mean, I, you know, we're all excited. I mean, I think um, it's going to be great to see our classmates being um, recognized. I mean, we have some fantastic classmates. I mean, it's, um, I've always said we have some of the most generous, um, you know, uh, some of the most intelligent, generous classmates I've ever run into as far generous as far as sharing of their time and um, knowledge. And um, I'm really looking forward to celebrating those outstanding classmates who really made the whole experience just fantastic for me personally. Well, that's a special moment in the program as you kind of round the corner, uh, so to speak, into the into the second year. Uh, we had a similar celebration uh, for the Executive MBA class of 2022, actually down in Charlottesville to coincide with the Juneteenth celebration. And it was so much fun to be with. It wasn't everybody in the class. It's a little different for, for your class. We couldn't quite get everybody there. Um, but nevertheless, the 90 or so students, they had a big weekend in Charlottesville, had a lot of fun. And it's just nice to pause and, and take take a little time to celebrate uh, where you are and to honor some of your classmates and, and look ahead. So, um, JD, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, like Bahar and Alex, just getting ready for this weekend. Uh, we have a few other opportunities this weekend with uh, some other clubs. So the events kind of start a little bit earlier on Thursday. We have a VC boot camp. Um, Thursday evening that uh, I'll be attending, but uh, like Bahara and everyone else, just try to maximize the most out of the weekend, spend time with the classmates, as well as uh, get the most out of the materials and be be ready to go. Well, that's great that y'all will be around for the VC bootcamp panel, the venture capital bootcamp panel that is happening. Last I looked, I think we have maybe 30 or more uh, incoming students across the full-time MBA, part-time MBA, and executive MBA who will be joining 
uh, for that event as well. And it feels like there's a growing interest in venture capital amongst our executive MBA students. Um, we now have a venture capital club, and that is a relatively recent addition to the club uh, landscape uh, in the program. And of course, uh, this event's proven popular. We've had lots of executive MBA students attend the venture capital boot camp in the past. So this is kind of a continuation of the venture capital boot camp. This is a panel discussion uh, that due to COVID, they weren't able to have at that time. Uh, in the way that maybe that they wanted to. So it's a panel and a reception, but uh, Sands Family Grounds, Thursday night. It does start a little early um, for, for you and your classmates. Yeah, it's going to be great. I think uh, to your point, a lot of people are interested in kind of VC, private equity, as well as you know certain areas within. There's a, a growing interest in entrepreneurship through acquisition within our class. So uh, a lot of people are kind of pivoting from uh, growing within their career or perhaps pivoting industries to much more of uh, early stage investments, which is great to see. Awesome. And uh, last but not least, Alex, how are you doing? Doing great, Brett. Uh, another day in paradise, as they say, uh, here in the D.C. area. Uh, you love, if you look outside, you can see that summer is upon us. I love it. Um, it's past weekend, baseball, soccer in my house with the kids. Uh, watermelon, cantaloupe, firing up the grill. We, uh, we we love the summertime here, so it's it's beautiful in the D.C. area right now. And our listeners may not know this, but you're a Davidson Wildcat, um, and uh, you had another alum, a notable alum, just join your ranks uh, now, right. officially a, a graduate. Uh, you and Steph Curry have uh, yet That's another right. thing in common. Yet another thing, yes, yes, I am. Congratulations to him. Uh, how about that, that dedication? Now? He's playing basketball, doing independent studies, working uh, a, a great example out there. So congrats to Steph. He's an alum just like myself. We're, of course, equal in our notoriety as well. Well, thank you all for being here. And it's great to have this time. Uh, the purpose of this conversation, we try to spotlight different opportunities uh, for students to be engaged outside the classroom and you know, connect uh, with their classmates around. Uh, common interest. Uh, today, you know, we're going to talk about the Darden Executive Fund, which is uh, interesting in that it's kind of this hybrid thing where it is both curricular, uh, but it can also be extracurricular too. So um, it is it's a kind of an interesting um, organization and maybe something we haven't had an opportunity to talk about here on the podcast as much. Uh, but it's great to shine a light on this because it feels like this organization is really starting to pick up uh, some momentum. Uh, so but before we get there, um, would like to talk a little bit more about your respective journeys to Darden, your backgrounds, just kind of set the scene a little bit. Uh, JD, can I come to you first? Um, Absolutely. And just tell us a little bit more about your background. Um, what do you do currently and, and how did you make the decision to get an MBA? Sure. Um, I'll start with why an MBA. I think um, a couple of reasons. One, it's something I've always wanted to do, something I've always wanted to accomplish. And as I look at my career now, I'm spending more time in front of uh, boards and other executives and just having the confidence that comes along with the executive MBA through Darden has helped me already starting to pay dividends, having deeper conversations, uh, more challenging to both board members as well as other executives and bringing a kind of a deeper knowledge and kind of all around thinking to the conversations. Um, what I do currently now, I'm a COO, CIO of a healthcare insurance company. We're a mid-sized player in the state of Michigan. 
Um, prior to that, I was at a much larger regional player. We had a few million lives under management, but still a private organization. And then prior to that, I was in management consulting with uh, Accenture and KPMG. All right. Um, Alex, coming to you next. Uh, tell us a little bit more about who you are, what you do, and how you got interested in pursuing an MBA. Sure, great. Yeah, thanks, Brett. Um, so I'm originally from Cincinnati, born and raised, uh, went to Davidson. As you mentioned, I, I did play football down there, which was a great four years, really enjoyed it. And afterwards, I uh, started up with a company called Fidelity Investments, and they've been here ever since. So 16 years I've been at the company, um, and it's been, a, it's been a great run, really enjoy you know, the investing discussion, helping clients reach goals. It's really what we're trying to do. Uh, on the personal side, I'm married. We have three kids. We have a really busy household, ages eight, five, and three. A lot, a lot happening in our house. Um, and so that, that's, it's an interesting time. Like, hey, it's a great time for an MBA, right, with all these kids. Um, but, it, but it really is. It, uh, it, it was a perfect time for my career. When you look out, and I look within the company, Darden does a great job of, of helping folks kind of think about where this fits in, what they want to accomplish. And I'm, I'm in that classic climber category where I'm going to continue to grow within my firm. I look around the company and everyone that's in a decision-making position has an MBA, an advanced degree. So it's, it's almost a, a basic ticket to play to get into to talks about a, a little bit more. And so uh, I'm super excited about the ability to grow my career, gain additional skills that I don't have right now, and just to, to try to grow my sphere of influence a little bit. And I've been really excited what, the, what Darden's already been able to, to provide for me in that regard. Well, thank you, Alex and, and Bahara. Coming to you next, tell us a little bit more about who you are and, and your background and how you decided to pursue an MBA. Well, um, I have a less traditional uh, path uh, that brought me here. Um, I, you know, I went to UCLA for my undergrad and thought I was going to go straight to law school. Always wanted to be an attorney, um, but I somehow fell in love with the sport of surfing. Started surfing Topanga and Malibu area, and um, so and got an internship at Surfing Magazine. And instead of going uh, to law school, I decided to work for uh, Rusty first, and then Quicksilver. And um, you know, it was a very interesting journey um, working in the surf industry, um, and um, and that's where I met my husband. And you know, fast you know fast forward several years uh, later, finally decided to pursue my um, um, my law degree. So I started law school with when my son was five months old. Had my daughter in law school. I passed the California bar. Um, and at that point, made the difficult but right decision to stay home and raise our kids. So did that for the next 10 so years. And during that time, I was involved with the school board, um, you know, different charities and, and was very involved in our community. Um, but I always knew I was going to get back to work. And, and, you know, I, I but I knew that it was also the right time for our family for me to raise the kids. And uh, so finally, finally, I was able to find the right time and the right law firm. And I practiced at a law firm uh, for about three and a half, four years. And but really missed um, two things, the creative component that I had working in marketing with the with the surf companies and then the human centered of giving back when, with the boards and the charities I was involved with during the time I was at home with the kids. 
And so I knew at that point that working a law firm was really not for me, but I didn't really quite know where to go next. So um, with two kids in college by that point, um, and a third who's in middle school and will be going to boarding school in a couple of years, um, I thought, you know, now's the time, let me get my MBA and really figure out, you know, what my next step is. Um, I love learning. I love the, the process of learning. Um, so it, it's just been, a, you know, best decision ever to come to Darden. Um, I've just had the best time of my life, at, you know, growing and the friendships and um, I, I can go on. But um, but yeah, so that's really um, that's kind of how I got why, you know, why, you know, an MBA. And um, I can share more later about why Darden. But um, yeah. Well, I want to ask you all a question, given where you are in the program. Um, you're at that midpoint. We're about to celebrate this uh, this weekend, as noted. And it's a time that people kind of look back a little bit, maybe on where you started to where you are now. And you still got a, a ways to go. You start taking electives and all these kinds of things. Lots to look forward to. Um, but nevertheless, you're kind of at a, at a natural inflection point in the program. Alex, when you look back on where you started to where you are now, is there anything that jumps out to you in terms of the impact of your Darden experience? I mean, there's, there's been some great skills that I've added, things I've been able to use immediately uh, in my da daily job and then things that I hope to use in the future. So uh, our industry, the first, uh, first thing we had was an econ class, Gem, and talking about interest rate and Fed policy. And wow, <laughs> that seems to be on the front pages everywhere with inflation. Uh, and so I was, I've always been aware of some of those things and discussed it, but I, the, the deeper insight that we just simply got from that class was able to help, help have uh, these conversations with our clients really well. And then I, you know, I'm, I'm in the, I call it middle management position. I have 16, 17 direct reports that, uh, that report to me. And I use a ton of the skills and conversations we've had from the leadership classes that I can use with our team about coaching, about making decisions, about helping others. So there's been some incredible classes that we've had that uh, that really sh helped shape me a little bit. The other thing I'd add, since the first day, uh, I went to Germany as far as uh, a foreign trip, and it, what a great experience was that! That was for the global residency to learn about the different culture, the travel, to really get to know some folks exceptionally well. You know, my peers. Um, so I've had a great. Uh, it's been really great just over this first couple of months and all of a sudden here we are in Q5 and it's, it's really kind of fast. Well, I appreciate your mentioning the global residencies. Executive MBA students was reminded of this when I was on a presentation that was led by one of our Center for Global Initiatives colleagues, where she was talking about Darden students out in the world and the Executive MBA class of 2022, I think was actually the first group of students to travel um, in this kind of we, world starting to open up a little bit more. We're going to offer global trips again. And it was a group that went to Finland, Estonia, as well as a group that went to uh, Germany. And we've since gone to, as, as you shared, uh, Germany again, Finland, Estonia, uh, again, Italy, uh, Spain, Argentina. And I think it, if I understand correctly from talking with Lottie, Lottie Carr, um, the lady who really kind of leads a lot of these efforts for the executive MBA program, Vietnam, Morocco, and any number of places are on the on the slate for the upcoming fall. So that's exciting. Lots to look forward to on the on the global front. Um, will you be traveling again, Alex? Now that you've been on one trip, or is one trip uh, is that is that uh, enough for you at this point? I wish I could do more. They they give you the option to do more. I had a conversation with my wife, and we both agreed that one was the perfect 
perfect amount for me. So uh, it was great. And I enjoyed it. And I have all the pictures and memories I'll never forget. That's, that's awesome. All right, Bahara, coming to you, um, you mentioned this in a very intentional, you know, you wanted to grow in it and have a different kind of set of responsibilities. You missed doing some of the creative work. Um, you felt like it was a good time for you to go back to school. And it sounds like you've gotten a lot out of the experience. When, when you look back on this past year, um, how do you feel like you've grown and, and developed? I mean, gosh, it's I, I'm I'm amazed. I mean, I remember our first day of LR one, and it was just hard to sit and concentrate for you know two three hours at a time because it was like so much information you know coming at you, and and um, so a lot of this is really stamina, you know, you know, building the stamina. So from that perspective, but you know, I came into this program thinking that I was not good at math, and that was one of my goals is I didn't, I wanted to change that narrative. I didn't want to be that person that thought I'm not good at math. And so I've been the, the growth and the progress I've made in, in the quant classes um, have been, I mean, it have been remarkable from my perspective. I mean, I have learned so much and it just feels good to be able to have that confidence that I can have a intelligent conversation or more importantly, just know the, what questions to ask. Um, I don't need to be an expert in in accounting or you know finance or whatnot, but to be able to know what questions to ask, I think is what's critical as a leader. And so I'm really just pleased with that. And um, and and really the all the, the the opportunities we have to all the growth opportunities and clubs and leadership opportunities have just been so much fun. And I've been fortunate that I've been able to pare back my hours at work where I can then take full advantage of all the opportunities at Dart at Darden. So, and one of them is the global residency that you mentioned. I'm actually a Gemba. So I went on the Spain trip and the Argentina. Um, I'm going to Finland, Estonia, and then going to Australia in December. And those trips, um, or the first two at least, I've been blown away by um, I mean, we learn a lot about the countries and business and whatnot, but really what you get out of it are the memories and the friendships. And, you know, you go into these trips thinking, oh, these are great friends of mine, but these trips take that friendship to a whole nother level. It's, it's hard to explain. And even if you try to explain it to someone, you, you know, they won't get in until you go through the process, you know, go through the trip. So, um, so the growth I've experienced this last few months, um, in a way I don't recognize myself. It's been, um, so one of the most humbling experiences. Um, I don't think I've cried as many times <laughs> over the, you know, over frustration of not understanding a DA class, but, um, but it's also been so humbling to have, you know, classmates, you know, work with me and help and the collaboration has been so wonderful. And so it, it's just been, you know, um, just a really positive um, experience. Well, a few things. Uh, one, um, maybe to both your point and Alex's point, I think when students travel one time, they're like, man, I really love this. This is incredible. And the relationships that you form, um, it's hard to explain it, but I had a chance to go with some of our students to Brazil back in 2019. And you just see, like, there's all the structured activity that's planned, and it's quite a bit. I mean, these are very busy weeks, but then there's all the other stuff that's going on, like, I was a chaperone, let me be very clear. So I was just aware of like, oh, we're going out, we're doing this, we're doing that. And I mean, I was just amazed by how much the students could pack in in a single week and how how much they tried to do uh, while they're there. And some people stay over a little bit longer, maybe come early. There's just a lot. And then the other thing that you shared that really resonates, and I, I had a number of these conversations with members of the class of 2022 
as they were at LR2 looking back on the full experience, is this like writing a different narrative about yourself um, in the context that I oftentimes hear it, but I, I think what you shared all, is also, it also resonates. Like we have these ideas about who we are as students, as people, what we can do, what our strengths are, et cetera. And to go back at school, go back to school at this particular juncture in your life is a chance to write a different narrative, to tell a different story, to challenge yourself in other ways. I don't think that should be overlooked uh, as part of this experience because it's very powerful for people in terms of just the psychology of all of that. Uh, absolutely. I mean, it's, you know, for me, it's, you know, as you say, at this point in my life, it's, um, it really was an important um, part of my decision. And, and also, aside from that, too, is you know, I always viewed myself as a very much a certain type of leader, very much, you know, legal business oriented. And for the first time in this environment, and I was defined a lot by my past with, you know, being in the surf industry and, and, and or my who I am as it relates to my children and their accomplishments. And for the first time in my entire life, I come to a place where no one cared who my kids were, no one cared who my husband was, like they, it didn't matter. So I was being viewed for myself and my merits and to be able to really figure out who I am at this age um, without any preconceived ideas has been really, really empowering. And um, I, you know, I knew I, I was, had a lot of compassion, um, but I didn't realize that I can bring that compassion to the leadership and, and really practicing that, whether it's, you know, with my learning team or with DEF, um, what I've come away from this process is, you know, we need more compassionate leaders in this world. Um, we don't, you know, the old ways is, doesn't work as well as, as, as we're seeing right now. And, um, and that's what Darden is helping me become through all the classes, not just leadership organizations. It's learning from my classmates. Um, you know, some of my classmates are just fantastic leaders and I love their temperament. So I, I watch and I learn from them. So learning from your classmates, learning from class, the actual classes, connecting with the professors, there's just so many opportunities to help me define who I, who I'm going to be for the next however many years. So that it's been a wonderful gift. Well, that is fantastic. And, and thank you for, for sharing that, Bahara. Um, your, your note about like, this is really a, a, about you. Um, I've heard that from so many um, uh, of the people in our program. Like it's it, particularly when you have kids and all these kinds of things, it's rare to have that moment uh, where you just do something that is for you and it is yours. Um, this came up recently in a conversation we had with um, some current students and, and alumni um, co-sponsored event with the network of executive women where uh, the, the 2018 Gimba graduate was like, look, I wanted to do something that was for me. Everything else that I do in my life is for somebody else or focused on somebody else. And, and this was going to be something that was uniquely my own. And uh, that, that was very powerful as I was listening um, to that alone reflect on that. So thank you for, for sharing that. So JD, coming to you. Um, where are you now in terms of where you in this developmental process, you know, about a year in, you know, how do you think that you've grown? You know, I would say the biggest surprise and at both Alex and Bahara kind of alluded to it was <clears throat> growing more as a better person. You're going to develop obviously amazing skill sets of, you know, how to read a balance sheet and how to do a discounted cash flow all of those things that you would expect in a top tier business school. But 
again, the biggest surprise to me was just uh, the, you know, a bunch of cases and a bunch of this development to just focus on becoming a better person that translates both to your personal life with your family and friends and your community. That was kind of a shock. I, I mean, I heard, you know, rumors and conversations with both alumni and people who are currently in the program that this development takes place, but it was still somewhat um, um, shocking how much it, it definitely has transformed me from, you know, the beginning when we started last August to where we currently are. And, you know, it was interesting last OGR, we were in a, a leadership course, a, a class, and it was just amazing just to watch the interaction between our class in terms of really watching the case method unfold. It was kind of the seeing where we started and where we are now and just the you know professor was kind of jumping in a little bit just to kind of get the conversation going and bouncing off. But it was really an amazing opportunity to see our classmates teach each other and really drive us to where we wanted to go with the case involved. And it was just really good to see. I think this whole experience, it's, you know, it's a marathon at a sprint pace. And, you know, we're already halfway done. And that last half is going to go really, really fast. So the advice I have to everybody listening that are going to matriculate into the program and the advice that I, you know, I've gotten from every alumni I've talked with is just, you know, spend as much time as possible with your classmates. So that's really my goal is to have at least one deep conversation with each of our 138 cohort members uh, for the you know next year and uh, really get to know them and uh, offer how I can help them and you know hopefully um, just really develop a, a strong relationship with them. So, well, the the thing that I love about what you shared, JD, is this idea of like getting to know everybody in the class. And I think you, the way that humans operate, sometimes you know, you find a group of people, you really connect with them, and that's kind of where you stay. Um, it's kind of how people operate in social organizations. But it feels like there's some movements afoot in the executive MBA class of 2023, your class, that kind of help people break out of that a little bit and make connections beyond that. I'm thinking about this um, this initiative that I think Joy Weber, one of your classmates, has been really involved with, this thing that she's kind of branded as social buzz groups, where like really helping students make new connections at this particular juncture in the program, when you know people's relationships might be a little bit stickier, and they could just kind of stay with the same group of people, but don't you want to get to know everybody in the program? Uh, is there anything that you can share about that? I've, I've just heard rumors and rumblings about this, or um, you know, yeah. any thoughts here? Yeah, Joy just kind of kicked this off last OGR. And so because of the, the time frame, we're just we're carrying over to two OGRs, but it's a group of people um, who you typically um, you know, you necessarily haven't had a lot of um homerooms with or classes with. So you uh there's around four of us, five of us in each of these buzz groups, and it's up to us to kind of schedule time to go get um coffee, go get lunch, go get a beer after class, and really get to know each other outside of the classroom. Because uh, there is time between class through an OGR, but you know, once we walk in the door on Friday to once we leave on Sunday, it's pretty much packed um, the whole time. So it's really difficult to kind of carve out those uh, relationships and conversations. You kind of tend to um, talk with either the people within your class at the time or 
you know, if you want to follow up with your learning team to prepare for the next class, you're doing those things. Or like us, we're, you know, kind of talking about DEF or other clubs we're members of. So it's somewhat challenging to get outside of the norms and the buzz groups is helping to do that. And I would say um, in terms of inclusion, I think our class is doing a really good job of um, breaking down any barriers we have. I think we came together uh, the first time we we met each other um, and basically set some norms. And one of those norms was we're going to be inclusive of everyone. You know, I think cliques tend to form and we try to basically call them out if we see them and break them down. We do a really good job in terms of uh, social events. Courtney does an amazing job of pulling different social events together. And, you know, the last one, I think we had close to 90 people attend. Uh, it was a wine, wine tasting. So that, that tended to help quite a bit. Um, but, you know, we have a lot of people that come together and, uh, you know, have fun both inside the classroom and outside the classroom. Didn't know about the wine tasting. I learned something new all the time here. Um, and what I also enjoy about what you just shared is like, I get to host the, the full-time residential focused podcast experience garden. And the thing that I oftentimes hear from second year students is they really want to take that second year to have these deep conversations, to connect with people they haven't had a chance uh, to maybe have as much interaction with, which is exactly what what you just shared, which to the extent that people are wondering about community and this kind of network and relationships battering across all these formats, I think the answer is a very emphatic yes. That's why people come to Darwin. So um, on that community point or kind of connection, uh, as I mentioned at the at the top of the podcast, the inspiration for having you all here on the, on the show was to talk more about the Darden Executive Fund, which is um, a relatively new student organization um, by comparison to, say, Darden Capital Management. But in the world of executive MBA student organizations, uh, maybe one of the older ones we actually have, interestingly enough. Um, Bahara, do you want to tell us a little bit more about what Darden Executive Fund or DEF is? Yeah, sure. Um, so it's an independent study. It's a unique program where it's an independent study. It's under the Mayo Asset Management Center uh, at UVA. And it cre- uh, allows opportunities. Uh, originally, it was five students. But for this, um, our first class of 2023, they've expanded to, to include eight, uh, which was a great move. Um, and so it's an independent study as well as a club. So it allows us to participate in a lot of the club resources and activities and be um, and, and will help with the recruiting because when it was strictly an independent and a hybrid unofficial club, we really didn't have the presence and, um, you know, amongst, you know, to, to, um, to showcase, you know, the, what we're doing and highlight, um, you know, the effort. So by increasing it to eight, students and also becoming a club, we really, you know, the three of us, John and Alex, myself, really one of our main goals, other than growing the fund, is to really build the next class for 2024. Um, We're very dedicated to setting up more structure, um, be more intentional in in the process and the onboarding process, and and really legitimizing it. Um, They've, you know, up to now, they've done a great job, but, you know, it's, with not being a club and not having as many students, there's only so much you can do. We're all, you know, we're all full-time students. We all have lives. So um, this really is giving us an opportunity to really um, make some positive changes. 
And I'm really also proud of the fact that uh, the DEF, uh, the current um, leadership, made an intentional decision to make it a more diverse group. And so, you know, we're proud to have, you know, you know, I'm a woman of color. We have, you know, someone of Asian descent. Um, Ashish is a, um, of, Indi- I, I believe, Indian descent. Um, and so it's not just a bunch of white guys, <laughs> which is what everyone thinks, you know, the finance world is. So um, they've done a really great job of getting great cross section. And I'm really proud of being a part of that and, and you know, breaking the myth that this is only for a certain demographic because it, it really isn't. And not only just on race and gender, but we're very diverse in our backgrounds. You know, I, I have no finance background and, um, you know, they elected me to be CEO and which was a huge honor. And I'm, you know, really, um, you know, very grateful for this opportunity to, opportunity to lead the team. And, but we, and then we have someone like Alex, so this is what he does. And, um, you know, and John is very savvy in the business world and, and his experience. So he brings in his, um, his background and, and all the other members. So we have a very diverse group of classmates that are part of this team. You know, one of our classmates worked at the White House and she has a public policy perspective. So it's just, you know, diverse on many levels because to me, diversity is not just race or gender, it's bringing in different ideas, they're bringing in different perspectives to the conversation. And I think that's what um, what I'm really proud of. So really, you know, for the next year, our, our goal with DEF is um, to um, make it better known, especially to the class of 2024, um, you know, recruit for, and, um, and, and as for the club part of it, so their first year, they would join as a club where they would just kind of see what we're doing, get involved, start some of that onboarding process. And then from that group, we would then select the class of 2024 team. And that's how DCM does it. So um, that is also part of our goal moving forward is working closely with DCM in, um, leadership. We've already met with them, Pablo and his team, and um, already planning for them to visit us at Sands Family Ground and doing um, some collaboration of, of, of training. So I don't, I can't reveal too much. John's going to be working on some of that training, and um, you know, but it's very exciting. It's, this is the first time that DCM and DEF is actually collaborating and and working together, which I think is going to be fantastic for both sides because you know. We We've got the years of experience and um, I mean, they may, you know, they have a much larger fund and it's a much stronger program, but we also bring a lot of wisdom and experience to the table that they can learn from. So we're really going to collaborate and, and, you know, and grow this, uh, this program um, to the best of our abilities. Well, thank you for that. And um, I just interviewed June Sun, who is the chief investment officer for Darden Capital Management on the Experience Darden podcast. It was fun talking with her. Um, and I'm trying to think other episodes we've had. Rachel Gibson, who I believe was the first female CEO in the history of Darden Capital Management um, a couple years ago. She came on the podcast. Um, so we've occasionally talked about DCM, but it's nice to get the Darden Executive Fund out there too on the podcast for our listeners. Um, uh, Alex, uh, what is your role with, with the Darden Executive Fund? Brett, I'm the chief investment officer of the fund. Sounds really fancy. Uh, my job is to, to make sure that we stay within the mandate of what the fund is. So for anybody scoring at home, we have a, a 60-40 benchmark, 60% in the S&P 500, 40% in the S&P 400 mid-cap is our benchmark that we're trying to trying to gauge our return against. 
Uh, and it's interesting for me, if you think about it, I spend most of my day trying to talk clients out of investing in individual securities, generally speaking. And here we are in the fund investing in individual securities. But the idea is if we are able to use some of the knowledge and skills that Darden provides us, um, we're able to reduce some of the volatility within the portfolio and hopefully, you know, get alpha, get excess return against our benchmark. Um, currently, the portfolio, I was just taking a peek at it. We have about 15 different positions inside the portfolio. We are slowly trickling down. We have some ETFs, some broad-based ETFs in there that we're slowly selling and, and getting more individual positions um, inside the portfolio. And the beautiful thing about this and uh, the whole Darden Executive Fund is everybody has a say in what should we invest in. Anybody can come with an investment idea, a proposal. They can pitch it to uh, everybody that's on the team. And we have a vote. And we say, hey, should we invest in that? Should we sell some of our existing positions? Bahar had a great point. It doesn't matter your background, what you've done previously. Hey, if you, you can go through and you can make a compelling case through some of the Again, the framework that Darden can provide and teach that to you, then you can help be a part and be a great member of the the executive fund. So it's a it's a great opportunity. It's really fun to get that hands-on experience on actually running a fund. I just want to read it. This is real money. This isn't like McDonald's monopoly money. This is a real portfolio that is invested in real securities where we can pull up every single day and see that we make money or lose money. Uh, we can track our performance. Um, so it's a great opportunity to really get that that real life experience. What's the size of the fund? Uh, right now, we are about one hundred fifty thousand uh, ballpark. We hope to continue to grow that. Our friends in Darden Capital Management, who have been investing for twenty plus years, I believe, they're well into the million dollars. Um, and that's just a little friendly lesson to anybody out there. Time in the market matters. The longer you invest, the, the more money potentially they can grow with. So it's a great example to keep investing for the long term. All right. I don't know if I need to give a FINRA CIPIC, uh disclaimer at this point, but um, I, think that's, uh, I think that's fair, just generalized advice, Alex. So um, thank you. And JD, coming to you, what is, um, what's your role with the DEF? So my role is the Director of Research and Events, basically. Um, and, you know, like Baharo was saying, I think that the classes before us have done a wonderful job, but my real focus, one of my real focuses is really operationalizing um, all the different onboarding as well as um, <clears throat> management of the fund moving forward. So how do, what tools do we use? How do you get access to those? What is the calendar of events throughout the year? So we can, um, as we bring on the 24s, do it in a, a very clean kind of handoff way. And so basically the uh, operations year over year becomes cleaner. People get ramped on quicker, as well as um, really engagement with the full-time fund and leverage um, Sands Family Ground in DC. Um, Charlottesville is a great area, but there's a lot of uh, untapped resources in DC that uh, both the full-time people want to become a part of. So we're bringing them up to the DC area, or at least that's our goal over the next few months. And uh, so my, my real focus is, uh, you know, kind of the operational end as well as uh, finding interesting and unique speakers to come um, both talk to the DEF members as well as we open them up to the larger cohort as well. 
And then um, just as well as looking at other tools and things of that nature, um, you know, uh, I have access to quite a few um, different reports that I, I send out and kind of keep everybody informed of what's going on, both with uh, other things being provided to the full-time program, as well as what we have access to is the executive program as well. All right. So lots happening uh, with the Darden Executive Fund this year. Y'all make no small plans. Y'all are doing all kinds of things. Um, Bahara, if somebody wanted to learn a little bit more about DEF, what's a, where's a good where's a good place for them to start? What would you recommend as a, as a, as a first step? Well, contact me. Uh, no, um, no, we, we are, um, you know, we're revamping the website. So, you know, right now it's a little clunky and uh, that's also one of my, um, one of my priorities is uh, doing a better job of communicating to our stakeholders, not just within our cohort, but with the broader UVA and and and, and the alumni, and uh, revamping the website. So stay tuned for a brand new page. Um, and um, but in the meantime, you know my email is available. Please reach out to myself or or John or Alex, and uh, we'd be happy to go through the process. And um, we, you know we hope to be at LR one and um, to tout about our our this project or this program. And so really being you know at as many touch points as we can to talk about the program, the benefits. And really the rewards. I mean, one of the best things about being in, a, in an MBA program is really being able to try out different things, you know, you know, do you, uh, different careers in a way. And so I'm not sure, I mean, I may want to get in, finance, in the finance world. I don't know, but this is a great way for me to practice and try it out with very little risk um, involved. So I think a lot of these clubs um, and in particular DEF is the closest to mimicking what does it actually look and feel like to be in this industry and um, and to be able to get credit for it and and have fun with it is just you know icing on the cake so um yes i you know um look me you know i'm in the email and i'm happy to discuss this any further with anyone interested all right well we'll have to have you all back on to talk about def kind of checking in where where are things uh, as you kind of work towards um well, LR1 and, and start a school and maybe some connections with Darden Capital Management and, and hosting folks up in Sands Family Ground. So please keep your podcast host uh, posted uh, about all of this. Um, as we wrap up here, um, any any final words of advice? JD, I'm going to come to you first. You had already kind of shared a little bit of advice. Um, another another suggestion, a tip for people who are listening to the podcast and are thinking about this step in their life and career? I would say do it. Uh, Darden's a very special place. I think uh, my mantra coming into this was just say yes. Say yes to every opportunity that comes your way, whether it be clubs or classes or coffees or drinks with someone after class. Uh, say yes. We Believe it or not, we actually had in a consortium liaison interview on the Experience Darden podcast, we had two consortium liaisons. That, that was their exact advice. Uh, they said, just say yes. Um, you know, this is one of these times, rare times in your life where you have an opportunity to meet so many interesting people, try new things, explore. I know people always worry, do I have time for this? Do I have time for that? You'll figure it out. Just say yes. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, <clears throat> like I said earlier, there's a lot of information and opportunities coming your way during, you know, these many months uh, going through the class, but you'll figure it out. Everybody gets through it. Uh, you'll become very good at scheduling and figuring out what works best for you and how to 
uh, appropriately maximize as much uh, much opportunity as you have. So uh, don't worry about it. Apply, accept, and uh, you're going to enjoy your time. All right, Alex, a word of advice for our listeners? Sure, I have two thoughts. Um, first one is you'll have times when you're in this program when you have no idea what's going on. Right? Like uh, I remember being in uh, DA decision analysis and we're talking about trees and I was like, what is going on? And next thing you know, I, I made it through and I was happy with, uh, with the grade and how everything worked out. And then there was a time in our finance class and all of a sudden we're talking about a beta of a portfolio. And I said, wow, I actually know what this is. And I was able to to discuss it and provide help not only with my learning team, but provide some value in the class. So there'll be times when both you, you are front and center can provide that value. There'll be times when you are just trying to gain as much info as you can and just know that both, both of those components are really important for the class to help others gain knowledge. Other people are in the same exact boat as you, just because you might not know something here, you have knowledge somewhere else. So stick with it. Um, to JD's point on the second piece, I would say take a few moments just to figure out what's important to you before before going into it. Uh, I obviously wanted to go through and really enjoy this, but being a, a great husband and a great father was still really important to me. And so, you know, for me, uh, when I get home from work, I'm with the kids until bedtime. And so that means my study time is 8.30 to 10. Maybe I get up at 5 or 5.30 in the morning and do my studying then. But I, I really wanted to make sure that I was still a great father, great husband while I'm doing this. And so that means I just need to pick my times. I need to pick everything. JD might have signed up for everything available under the sun, uh, which is great for him. For me, I said, I, I have one or two extra things I know I can provide. And so, so I, Darden Executive Fund was one of the things that was really important to me. So figure out what's important to you and go with it. Um, there'll, there'll be times where you don't have maybe enough time to go through and give the absolute best you could have done, but you could have given a really good effort. And you have to be okay with that. Uh, and I think one of the things I've gotten really good at is settling for being good and not trying to strive for the absolute best. That's an important part of life, right? You're not going to always have this, the, the maximum amount of time that you wish you had for everything. So those would be my two pieces of advice for, for any, anybody thinking about it. Yeah, thank you, Alex. That last point, I always wonder, like, we, we say this to prospective students, like, you, you just have to figure out where that line is, where you're, you're, you're prepared, maybe not as prepared as you would want it to be, but you're prepared for class, or it's good enough, right? You can't go 100% all the time. And I think sometimes prospective students are like, what? That's not how I operate. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, one of these people, I've got the standard, don't you know? And the reality is, like, you just can't do everything all the time. So you got to figure out what's most uh, most important at this particular time and, and reprioritize. And uh, to uh, JD's earlier point about all the self-work you do in this program, that is one of those um, things that students invariably have the opportunity to practice and work through as, as starting executive MBA students. So Bahara, you get the last word here, a uh, piece of advice, a, a tip for our listeners. Well, before I give the advice, I'd love to just make one comment about what Alex said, because I think it's really important. You know, we have 
you know, everyone here, we're all type A. We all were looking for the next promotion, the next role, the next, you know, the bigger the house, whatever. And, you know, a lot of times we, you know, our families are not always a priority. And I really want to commend Alex for making that a priority because it really is easy to just focus on your career. And 20 years down the line, you look back and you're like, oh, my kids are gone. And, and, you know, what happened, you know, I don't, I don't recognize my wife. And so I think it's really important. You know, I'm one of the older, co- you know, classmates and I, I've, I've seen that happen to, to a lot of, you know, people around me. And I, you know, and I worry about some of the younger classmates where, um, you know, they're so focused on the next role, the next job. And so I just want to commend Alex for, you know, really being vocal about that. And I've seen it, you know, there's times where we need to have meetings and he's like, nope, I can't, you know, I need to meet at 8, 830 because I've got to be with the kids. And that just, it's, it's not as common as you, I would like to see. And I just really, you know, want to congratulate him and, uh, cause that really is an important quality. So, um, so anyway, I just wanted to make that comment. Um, <laughs> but, um, so my piece of advice is, you know, I knew going into Darden, that I was going to learn a lot. I knew I was going to conquer math and I knew I was, you know, going to come out of this with an MBA degree. And I knew I was going to make some friends. But I have to be honest, I was completely blown away by the quality and depth of the friends that I've made. I mean, this is I am not just saying this. I mean, these are some of my friends are are they're like sisters and brothers to me. They are they will be friends for life. I I I have found my tribe. And, you know, uh, you know, we were talking earlier about the idea of clicks and, and broadening your, your horizon with friends. But when you do find your safe people, your people that you really are can be completely yourself and that love and support you, it, it really is just it's, it's nothing I've ever experienced. And um, I will, you know, I, I work hard in my class. I try to, you know, get the best grade. But you know, I, you're, we're never going to remember the SP, the HP, the LP, whatever it is. But you are going to remember the memories. So my advice is invest in those friendships because you get what out of what you put into it. Um, you know, the little time that you have. If it's the choice between rereading a case and and having a drink with a classmate, have that drink because that friendship is really what's what's going to matter in the long run. Well, thank you all for your time today. It's always such a pleasure talking with all of you and look forward to seeing you uh, this weekend. Um, for our listeners who are wondering what an OGR is, it's on-grounds residency. It's a weekend residency. It goes by a few few names, um, the nomenclature of the program. Uh, but for our students, it's Friday, Friday Saturday, Sunday um, here in Roslyn. Uh, Friday kind of kicks off around 1130 with homeroom. Uh, but as was shared here earlier, um, We'll see maybe a few of these folks a little bit early on, on Thursday for the, the Venture Capital Boot Camp panel discussion. So um, always a lot happening for our executive MBA students. But it's such a pleasure uh, talking with all of you and um, look forward to seeing you very soon. Thanks so much. Thanks. So thanks, thanks so much, Brett. Thanks, Brett. Take care. And that was my interview with Bahara Stapleberg, Alex Ahrensmeyer, and Jonathan Dingle three members of the leadership team of the Darden Executive Fund. As always, if you have any comments, suggestions, requests, anything you'd like for us to cover here on the podcast, we're all ears. You can be reached at exec, that's E-X-E-C, MBA at darden.virginia.edu. Until next time, stay safe, be well, and thanks for listening.